right, all right, all right. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Bellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? I'm just happy to be here and support all of those who are in the playoffs this year, like yourself. Congratulations hey, to you. Hey, thank you very much. You know, I'm just, you know, fully wearing my lead commissioner hat here. Yeah. Uh, got no stake in the game whatsoever at this point. What a great loser you are, sir. Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got a lot of practice <laughs> at it over the last couple of years. So, uh, you know, well, you, you, get, you get better at what you practice, right? I'm not going to lie. I, I had no intention to thumb you in the eye this morning uh, and gloat over your failed playoff appearance. I, I was trying to recall how long it's been since you haven't made the playoffs. Can you? I think I think I'm like three years in a row of not making playoffs now. Is that but, right? And 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 before that, it had been like once in lead history. So yeah. it's really my own fault. I've um, you know expanded the lead. Uh, to invite actually good fantasy football mm-hmm. players mm-hmm. into the league now in recent yeah, that years. Is your fault. I, we had an uh, application uh, process for a reason. <laughs> Weed uh, out the as, sharks. As, <laughs> as we had uh, turnover in the league, we really should have looked for uh, continuing to add fish. And uh, we we added some sharp players, so yeah. it's made things a lot harder. Yes, so my, my fault, my bad. Yeah. Shame on me. Yeah. Well, shame on you for for bringing them in and then not rising to the occasion. I guess yep. some some of yep. us have. Uh, and uh, mm. Mm. well, actually, there's another reason why I can't gloat, and that is because oh, not too long ago, I was doing a certain workout on 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 certain video because of a certain yep. failed performance, and so uh, I I had a lot of fire in the. Uh, in in the you know deep in the bowels to to motivate me uh, to at least make a playoff appearance and I thought man if I could just get the playoffs that will be helpful uh, I don't think I can beat a couple of these guys this year but uh, man playoffs I'd feel like okay it's worth playing again in 2023 <laughs> if if I can at least rebuild a little bit but uh, it's been uh, it's been a weird, interesting season because of not only your struggles but also a couple of other league members' struggles. Namely, uh, the neatest trick I have ever seen in fantasy football, especially a league as competitive as this. And again, I'm not trying to give Brock an overly hard time, uh, but if you remove the emotion and the, the the person from it and just look at the record, you go, "Huh, that's impressive." <laughs> Was he trying? I don't think I've ever been in any league where really? a team went winless. None. Like 0 and 14. I don't think I've ever. Uh, I know I've never seen 0 and 14 because, you know, it's, we've only had two years now of the NFL season being 18 weeks long. And so the fantasy football regular season was 14 weeks now. But uh, I can't remember ever seeing 0 and 13 or 0 and 14 in any league. And that includes some where, like, there are managers who stop paying attention after week three, you know, it's like they, they still luck into a win at some point. Yeah. And like, I don't, it's hard to, it's hard, kind of hard to comprehend how this happened. So um, I, I don't think it's completely Brock's fault. I think it's a, a lot of bad luck and, uh, and just the, the way things played out, but um, it, 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 and it's definitely, um, uncharacteristic of Brock with all the success he's probably had 
the most success of anyone in the last six years. If you look at overall results and you know where he's finished um, his final standing in the last six years, uh, he's won at one at one time and finished second place like three other times, I think. So um, it's kind of crazy. I would agree with that. It is in in indeed crazy, but also crazy. On the line this morning is a man who is sitting in the week one by position, and some might argue he doesn't deserve to be there, uh, particularly given a, uh, I don't want to call it a phone-it-in performance in the remaining weeks of the regular season, but, but some people do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the 2019 Pellwood champion, Charles Gaines. Charles, good morning, sir. Morning. It's good to see you both. Happy to be here. <laughs> We're glad to have you. Now, Charles, you are here uh, under duress. Is that is that right? Against your will? Uh, I'm here out of uh, out of confidence. Uh, just happy <laughs> to excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and obligations. And uh, obligations. That's right. You, you were due. You were due for appearance. That's right. That's right. You did owe it to us. Uh, you said. Uh, after your first loss, you, you would join right. us. That's right, and uh, and I'm I'm happy happy to be here. <laughs> so uh, we're we're short of your your first, or we're long overdue for your, after your first loss. But I do want to before we get into more current topics, there is something yeah. I, I've wanted to ask for a while, so we might as well ask here. Let's go back to week seven of this mm-hmm. season, mm-hmm. and I'd like for you to help me understand the strategy behind what you did in week seven, because if I, if I just, if we go back and we, we take a look, you, um, you failed to start anyone in the wide receiver position who was um, playing that week. Um, and that was when you had Deandre Hopkins on the bench mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was his first game back and he scored like 20 points. He caught, caught 10 balls. Um, now you had Robbie Anderson on the bench as well. He put up zero, but you, you played Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs and nobody. Um, and Jefferson and Diggs were both on by. Now you were definitely. And Josh Allen. Hampered by bye weeks here because you had both the bills and Vikings on by, and that's literally half your team. But. Why did you not try to field a starting lineup that week? Because you put up 60 points total. I think that might have been the lowest score ever for the league in one week. And I couldn't understand why. What was their strategy behind it? Yeah, so if we look, go back in time and look at the roster, I think Hopkins was the only one on my bench that scored any points. So we'll start, we'll start there. Uh, second, uh, you're right. The bye weeks included my, my core, Jefferson, Diggs, Allen, uh, folks that I knew if they weren't playing, I, I just wasn't, wasn't going to win. So I actually, my mentality was an all or nothing sort of mentality. When I started the the season, I saw that they actually all had a buy this week. And in my mind, I just checked it as a loss and kept on going. Mm-hmm. Amputated that 
that week um, and knew I wasn't going to make any trades, knew I wasn't going to have a full roster due to who was on my roster. So I just, I just acted as though that was going to be a loss. The, the one misstep I did make was uh, not calculating how important points would be at the end of the year. So that, that, that part was a misstep Uh, in future, in future seasons. I'll, I'll be sure to get as many points because it, uh, it definitely made a a difference uh, this season. I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking at a guy who's sitting in the the first week, first round by, and at the time you're. I'm going to refer to our messaging chat where you reference the game within the game within the game, which is about as <laughs> ominous and mystically strategic of a phrase ever. So I see that and go, is he really thinking about playoff seeds here in week seven? Does he have that ability? Are we? Are we really just getting trolled by a secret mastermind that has run predictive algorithms to to determine, oh, he needs to phone this one in in order to to guarantee the certain half of the bracket based on points while also securing a buy? This man's a genius. Here to here to comment on the posturing that was going on during the uh, when accusations of uh, forgetting to set your lineup were flying. No comment. Uh, the, <laughs> it, it sounds like uh, it sounds like his comment at the time was effective. It were it, it, really it, was. It, it stopped further questions because like, well, I don't want to ask another question yeah. because maybe then I sound like an idiot because I don't understand what's going on. Clearly, uh, but but uh, yeah, I, so, I, I wish I really wish it had mattered. Like you got the first round by congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You you tied Michael with record. You almost. Uh, well, I guess you, you tied Michael and Jared with record. You you all finished eight and six. Your points scored was the only difference between you being first round by or out of the playoffs. Like Jared had the same record as you. He's out of the playoffs. You outscored Michael by 53 points. You outscored Jared by 83 points. I wish it had mattered that you did not feel the starting lineup like a full team in week seven, that would have been so amazing for you to come down to the last week and just be looking at, I might miss the playoffs or I might not get this by because I chose to keep a second kicker on my bench (laughs) and Odell Beckham Jr. on my bench and not play DeAndre Hopkins when you could have put Hopkins in. You could have added a couple wide receivers off the waiver wire and dropped Beckham, dropped Matt Gay. Oh, I wish it had mattered. I mean, <laughs> c- congratulations mm-hmm. and everything, but I wish it had mattered so bad. <laughs> there, there would have been a lot of Schadenfreude for for all oh, of us. For, for, so much. <laughs> for that too would have so mattered. Much. And I think there was a moment because I think it was Chris uh, Windsor that was tracking that matchup closely and was kind of rooting for. Uh, Michael a little bit more now so were you worried at all I mean was there was there part of you that was like this this isn't I might miss it this might haunt me oh absolutely as a matter of fact uh, the stat that I I shared uh, a few weeks ago is one that has been incredibly stressful 
throughout this entire season, which is if if I have this right, every single time I've lost this season, every single time, it's only been against two types of players. Either the player that received the top score that week, which is also defeating, you know, you're playing someone and they absolutely just crush the entire league, or I lost by three or less points. Three or less points. Lost by a point, lost by two points, lost by three points. That's it. So so losing uh, that way every single time this season uh, adds adds a little bit of stress to uh, this, this season. So uh, when I lost actually against you, Seth, that is when I... Uh, I, I really started to do the math and, and project and, and forecast a little bit. And well, this is, this is what's going to need to to happen in order to, uh, to just, just be in the playoffs and uh, started to, yeah, I get a little nervous for sure. Um, and, and, and not only that, but the last two games uh, that I had to win in order to, to be in the position that I'm currently in uh, those wins came on the very last game of the week in the second half of each game. So as, as it starts, when you start to look at it, it, it started to get crunch time for sure. And very stressful for sure. And, uh, and kept me on it, uh, me on the edge of my seat uh, throughout the entire, entire time. Just a fact check. That's that, not that is accurate. You, uh, you either lost by three points or less, or you lost to the top score of the week. Even 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 in the uh, game where you scored sixty points, lost the top show of the week. So, yes, you uh, accurate there. So definitely had an exciting season uh, every week, no, no matter what. And now you now you've got the narrative of going from the lowest score ever in a season, rising to the playoffs and going on to victory. It really is a comeback story. <laughs> I love a comeback story. <laughs> All right. So as we look to the playoff picture, you've got a first round by Jared Fleming has a first round by shout out also to Chris Windsor, Chewy, Seth, Michael for making the playoffs. And they are uh, starting off week one here with their playoff matchups. Who who are since you two are both in the playoffs? Who are you most afraid of for the the, the playoff run here? How would you uh, how would you rank the the playoff teams? Oh, all of them. I mean, the, uh, all of them. There's there's no. I would prefer to play this person or that person. That's, that's a really good answer. I was about to plead the fifth. Charles, yeah. he's, he's, he's more. Oh, come on, he's a seasoned politician. <laughs> did uh, did you all see what I scored this past week? Did you see what I scored the previous week? I'm not blowing it out of the water here. I'm I'm uh, barely getting by. Uh, so any any play playoff team, if you look at points four, I think I rank fifth, sixth, maybe. Points for uh, during this season, so uh, and and not by a close margin. I think I'm off a hundred, two hundred points, something like that. So this isn't this isn't a close thing right now. What I have most in my favor is schedule. If I can kind of get lucky, if I can win one game 
I'll be net positive in terms of um, uh, financially because I think I've, I've won a couple of a couple of weeks yep. uh, top score. So when you start to kind of do that math, um, and then if I win two games, I think uh, I think that's the the thing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the whole enchilada. <laughs> the whole enchilada. You get to raise the trophy. So. Yep. Uh, uh, if I can right now schedule is, is on my side, I having a bye week, I, I think helps tremendously last season. I think I, I lost the, the first playoff game. It is nice to be in the playoffs year after year, uh, kind of sticking around. So, uh, that's a nice badge of honor to have there, but yeah, any one of these, these teams, uh, every single one of these teams, uh, can can absolutely blow me out of the water for sure, and that is not pandering. That is just numbers. Um, so we'll we'll see how it all shapes out. Any given Sunday, right? I'll I'll answer your question honestly. I before I yes. do, I'm wondering, do you have in front of you the uh, top scores spreadsheet of who week to week yeah. is? Okay, so I'm yep. curious to know how that aligns with who is in the playoffs. Um, yep. And so if you could run that bias, that would be awesome. If I have any complaint, I have loved Sleeper. I, I love it. I, I think it's beautiful and it makes sense. The app is especially helpful. It doesn't do season history very well yet. Like to go back right. and look at season stats as opposed to week to week stats, it's all by the week. And I, I would love that extra layer of seasonal overview so I could check any other league members' histories. But I was looking at Chris because I'm playing him here coming up in the first round of the playoffs being chewy that is and chewy i think has been incredibly consistent with his scores like i don't think he's had as many low lows as everybody else has and he's had a lot of high highs but he's just been like engine that could kind of perseverance and he beat me by i think about 30 points back in week 11 i think that was week 11 um and i i just remember that I was excited because I needed a lot of parts to work. I had Joe Burrow and he went off. Derek Henry went off. I'm like, this is great. But Tyreek Hill was uh, on a bye week and I ended up losing by, I think, 25 points. And so I'm like, I, <laughs> if, if that shows me anything, I am kind of stud driven um, because and, uh, you know, I've had to patch all these holes and the wide receiver availability has just been terrible. So I've been patching holes with the best projected tight end week to week. I've, I've probably played three tight ends more than anybody in, in league history going back the, the whole uh, archive of the league. But um, I, I need my studs to, to carry me uh, against Chewy this week. If I'm going to be competitive, because I think that his projection is accurate and I don't think I've scored around 140 very often. I feel like I either do like 130 or below or 160 and above. Like that middle range just doesn't happen for me because it's either high or low. So uh, I have the potential to be high, but doing that over three weeks in a row, very unlikely. So I'm concerned for myself in that regard and that I think I'll have uh, one performance, maybe two, that feels really, really strong, but to go three for three, and beat people like Charles or either Chris or uh, to beat, of course, um, Fleming would was a was a fluke. I, I got the top score of the week, and that's what it takes. So 
Uh, yes, I am concerned because I feel like everybody who's in the playoffs uh, deserves to be there from a team makeup standpoint. Even Charles, because he he's in not because of you know manipulation or the the right winning record he's in because he has a solid team. So I'll, I'll drop a few stats to to back, back up your points there. So in terms of winning top score of the week this year, Charles has won it three times. Chewie has won it three times. And then uh, Seth and Michael have each won it twice. Surprisingly, Jared Fleming and Chris Windsor, who have scored the number one and number two most points this season, have only won top score once each. Wow. Um, and then that covers 12 of the 14 weeks of the season. <laughs> wow. So the, uh, yeah. the playoff teams have taken the majority of the top scores, deservedly so. Um, Jared Lorenz and Brian Kidd each also took one top score. So that leaves myself, Brock, Derek, and Scott going home with nothing right now, but still having the toilet bowl to play for, which is a, a, a nominal $20 prize um for uh w- winning the <laughs> the uh consolation bracket uh as it were um looking at the the two matchups we have going this week uh seth you would have beat chewy uh each of the last two weeks and actually five of the last seven weeks if y'all have been matched up head to head um you, you've been on, on a pretty good run um but yeah chewy would have beat you in week 11 and 12 um, and then uh, Chris going up, uh, Chris Windsor going up against Michael. Uh, Chris would have beat Michael um, each of the last three weeks and actually seven of the last eight weeks um, wow. with, with their, their scores head to head. So, um, you know, interesting there because, um, you know, the way things are projected, you would expect Chris to beat Michael. You would expect Chewie to beat Yusuf, but recent performance um, does suggest that uh, you know, Seth, you have a much stronger chance um, uh, based on how the last seven weeks have, have gone. But of course, it, it truly is any given Sunday. It truly matters who your guys are playing yes. come playoff time. You know, Brock has proven this in recent years in the playoffs. It it really does matter who your your, your schedule is. Right. So, you know, I think I think Charles, even if you had not got the bye, I think you would have been all right um, this week because you've got the Vikings playing the Colts this week, and you've got the Bills playing the Dolphins at home. So, I think I think your your players are going to score well. Looking ahead to next week, I think you'll be in pretty good shape there too because the Vikings are playing the Giants at home, and the Bills are playing the Bears. And uh, a couple of very uh, strong matchups for for those players there. So I think your your stacks will will do well. So um, yeah, I think this is going to be a very interesting playoffs. Uh, you know, I think Jared Fleming's team hit some injury snags, and he probably was very grateful for that first round by um, this week. Even though I, I don't think there's any question he has had the strongest team all year. Um, you know, both he and Chris are just putting up consistent scores. They, they only had, you know, one top score of the week, but they put up very consistent scores uh, all season. And so, um, 
you know, they'll, they'll be interesting to see how, how they do it in the playoffs. Um, you you kind of have, you sometimes have different characteristics of teams, whether it's a, like a boom bust team, you know, like you're saying, Seth, where you feel like you score over 160 or mm-hmm. below 120, um, or you've got the more steady Eddie teams that are always putting up, you know, 150 or so all season long. Yep. And uh, it'll be interesting to see which characters of a team is more successful this year, um, as well as the added component of those who traded away future year auction dollars mm-hmm. to get some more help this season. That's a, another wrinkle in, in the mix uh, this year where Seth and Michael didn't make any trades with auction dollars, but the other four playoff teams did. Uh, Charles traded away 10, Jerry Fleming traded away 14, Chewie traded away 18, and Chris Winter traded away all 20 uh, of the next year auction dollars that he could. So that will also be a very interesting storyline to follow as well if those who uh, replenished and re- restocked the armory uh, through trades, how they fare compared to those who sat tight. Yeah, I. it wasn't for lack of trying. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, that is a wrinkle that as it, I think it makes it more true to life because you're thinking you're forced to think more, you know, we've, we talked about this kind of forcing our league to be more of a dynasty and feel, and, uh, this forces you to think about it from a, like you're either pot committed or you need to get your chips out. Like that's really kind of the the situation with this new factor of auction trade dollars. You either need to go all in and risk it for the biscuit because you're going for that trophy at the end of this season, or you need to cash out right now and save your pennies and call it a rebuild year and, uh, you know, watch from the, uh, the outskirts and, uh, you know, hope you don't get last place, but um and so and so you know this is completely submarining your team but there's another factor it wasn't just about you know can you make the right trade because you had to this is interesting because you had to hold on to your most critical players so the only real value you had to offer the guys that are buying or cashing out are your keeper options like you're, you're so you're trading these keeper options for next year so your highest value players so you really have to shoot next season in the foot because you're giving up dollars and you're giving up uh, inherent dollars, you know, the, the, the value dollars in a keeper. Uh, and that's the only thing that you can do to attract somebody to trade you a high value season player, meaning this year. So for me, it was, of course, you know, I was looking for a wide receiver. So I was looking at a uh, cup. I'm like, OK, well, there's the stud at the time. So Jared, like, take my money. Here's $10. <laughs> what more do you want from me? Um, and, uh, like take a look at my keeper options. And I just, just didn't have it. I was like, I've got Tua. you know, do you want a dollar quarterback keeper? Like that's, that's what I have to offer you right now. And that was just the best I had. And, uh, you know, they wanted to balance out that like, Hey, give me Adams and McLaren and Tua for cut plus $5. I'm like, you want to route my team this year and next year. I, I can't do that. And so uh, I had a couple of other conversations, uh, Brian Kidd, um, I think even Charles, we talked about uh, a, a Schultz, OBJ kind of thing, Higby. Um, so I had, I had options, but nothing was going to get me 
the advantage I needed this season at the cost of next season's sacrifice. So I was just like, well, I'll be the anomaly. Maybe. I mean, I'll be the guy who comes in flat <laughs> and and maybe that ends up being very vanilla. Like, yeah, he got knocked off in the first round of the playoffs and he has $200 and, and nothing more to show for it. Like that very well could be my narrative or Slim chance, my narrative might be, man, he was the one guy that didn't get caught up in the Bitcoin fray of the currency within <laughs> Sleeper, within Fantasy, and it paid off for him this year, and he's going in, you know, middle average, north of mid, north of average strong in 2023. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> There's a chance. You know, no matter what, it is an added wrinkle. It is. I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily moves us to thinking like a dynasty. It doesn't have to, but that, that's, that's for each manager sure. to make their own decision. But I like that. It gives people the options to make that decision. Like even this year, Rockwell owned 14. He did not collect any auction dollars for next year. I went two and 12. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared went eight and six and he did, you know? Oh, so it was like, <laughs> like everyone makes their own just to kind of pick their own path here. Um, and it just adds an initial wrinkle, adds more options. And we had more trading this season than any, any that we've had before yeah. as well, both with auction dollars included and um, we had plenty of trades that did not include auction dollars as well. Um, so I think, um, I, I think it was all, you know, very interesting. Um, it, it, to me, it kept me interested in, in the lead all season long, even though, you know, I was, I felt like I was pretty much out of it from the jump. So um, this is a, this is a very, a very fun year, uh, regardless of the result. Yeah. And, and to the theme of, of this, this part of the conversation, I would be interested to, to see that bell curve, you know, over, over time and to see if there is, is any stronger correlation between auction dollars and, and winning, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We won't quite see that. We'll have a, a little bit of a picture at the end of this year. Um, a better picture, maybe at the end of next year. And, and we'll go from there. But we've, we've already seen, I guess, coming into this season, uh, there were a few, right, that came into this season with, with a little bit, a little bit more change to work with. And, yeah. and are those that, can you remind us those that did come into the season with a few more dollars? Yeah. Are, are they all in the playoffs? Or I had uh, Chris, I had two hundred dollars. Yeah, I've got it here. Chris Windsor had an extra twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott had an extra ten. Seth had an extra nine. Jared Fillman had an extra seven. That's right. And then those who came in with less uh, were Brock came in with twenty dollars less. Jared Lorenz came with $9 less, Michael $10 less, and Brian $7 less. So it's it's a little bit of a mixed bag there on, really on, on both sides of it. I think I think the auction dollars clearly helped Chris and Jared Fleming mm-hmm. and Seth. Uh, you know, the, those teams made the playoffs. They didn't help Scott. I think Scott had some bad injuries to some key players um, that that hurt him a lot in the middle of the season. Um, And then the lack of dollars, I I wouldn't say necessarily significantly, uh, I think it did impact Brock, but 
you know, there, there was more at play than just you know $20, $20 less. It didn't really impact. I wouldn't say it really impacted Jared or Brian or Michael. Um, Jared, I would say, should have been a playoff team this year in normal circumstances. Michael did make the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think... I don't think we can draw any clear conclusions at this point. So yeah, it will be interesting to yeah. get more data points and start to see how that goes. Assuming we have auction dollar trading in the future, it will be put up for vote again this year. And yeah. uh, we will hear arguments on both sides, but uh, so far majority seem to be on the side of keeping it. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly of the guys who were flat, meaning they had, $200 going into the auction draft this year. Peter, Charles, Derek, and Chewy. Two are in and two are out. There really isn't a great uh, data trend to say this is how those affect that. I mean, you know, Brock, Brock has the extreme claim on one end, uh, but we don't have that league member who was, I mean, Chris Windsor was, was, was his... Uh, alter ego with twenty dollars more than two hundred, and so and he's you know really good, but I don't think we have enough data to say what impacts what. We really don't. Yeah, Ar- arguably, we would have had two lead members in the playoffs from each group of those who entered this season. Mm-hmm. Would have had two from those who had more auction dollars, two from those who stayed flat and two from those who had less auction dollars. It's just that Jared messed it all up by vacating his season. Uh, we, we don't know what would have happened yeah. there, but yeah. um, you, I think you could make that, that argument uh, or Jared just would have replaced Michael. And so we'd be in the same situation we have there where those who had $200 coming in the season, we had two out of the four make the playoffs. Those with more than 200, three out of four made the playoffs. And those with less than 200, one out of four made the playoffs. So, um, you know, slight favorable, you know, position towards those who had more auction dollars, but that's the way it's supposed to work. It's mm-hmm. supposed to give people the opportunity. If you had a losing season one year, you're supposed to be able to advantage yourself in future years. It works that way in regular sports. If you do poorly in one season, you did a top draft pick and you can get that new quarterback to boost your team um significantly so we're we're kind of mirroring reality here that fantasy reflecting reality a little bit more because of the auction dollar tricking and i think it's a little uh it can get a little dicey a little tricky in in that that middle section so i know we're talking about either extreme if you're having a completely you know two and 14 two and 10 whatever it is uh sell 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 i understand that and then if you're having an extremely successful season you're probably going to want to to hold on to your team where it's started to get somewhat tricky uh, for me and for those kind of in this this middle space is understanding that nuance between uh, how much do I want to sell, uh, whether auction dollars or who can I give up uh, and still still make the playoffs. And I felt as though I was riding a line, a very, very thin line. Um, my tight end, I think I might have had the, the lowest points for tight end this season, maybe, or at least that was competitive um, for for lowest points. Uh, that would have been my only, okay, I will give more than than uh, 
what I have given auction dollar wise uh, this season. Tried to make a couple of deals. They they did not not come through. But if it were for any other position, uh, I would have felt much less comfortable uh, giving auction dollars. So there's definitely that that nuance sliding scale, if you will. So uh, I I think you're right, uh, both of you, in terms of I think the auction dollars reflect. Uh, economics to a degree we can't get away from it we we accidentally yeah. created a crypto but i uh i was thinking about how originally when we were going back and debating this topic in the vote and debating this early in the season and the, and the concerns that we had i was trying to remember some of those bullet point concerns one of which of of mine that i thought was generally kind of a, something to watch for uh, like a legitimate concern was the degree of extremity this potentially could create. Would it create somebody on the side of, wow, we, we created a Hulk over here and we created a uh, Mr. Glass over here. Sorry. That's, that's about the extent I know about comic book references. Do you guys feel like that risk based on our conversation right now or that concern uh, came to fruition was justified? I don't think so. I think, and I at least think there was equal opportunity to bolster teams. Um, you know, I, I don't think there was an unfair market, an unbalanced market. Um, you know, I think there was some some skill involved. Some just had to be the right fit um, involved to it, and so. Um, you know, even if some teams end up taking advantage of the system, I think that that's more about opportunity than it is about um, you know, a, a, a more macro issue. Yeah, I I agree. I, listen, not everyone has the same players uh, or the same type of skill set for for each player, but everyone has the same amount of uh, uh, draft dollars. So using using your draft dollars in a way that it, I think a, a criticism has been it it adds a complexity. I one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, but it also provides a a level set complexity. So it it it's not as though uh, someone is always starting with. 500 draft dollars and someone's always starting with 100 draft. We're all starting with the same amount, how we decide to use those dollars throughout the season, very similar to, to how the actual, you know, NFL works today um, is up to each one of us. So I think it's, I, I do think it makes it harder. I don't know if that has been a criticism. I do think it makes it hard. It's something else to think about. Um, but I do not think, at least from the trades that that I've been a part of or had conversations of or even heard of, I don't think anyone has held a player hostage for draft dollars. I have not I have not heard that. And I do think that would have been, you know, unfair, not less fun if a player if someone were to say, I, I won't make this pretty even trade unless you just absolutely uh uh break the piggy bank. Yeah. So 
I think we're all playing with the rules. Yes, and that relies on like the 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 factor that controls for that is league knowledge. Like to no value. Like if we had slipped a few one dollar draft picks through that were these unbelievable studs, you know, the sixty, seventy dollar keeper value studs, then that might be a problem. But everybody does their research so well going into the draft that we're minimizing that risk too. So I think that you know, the evolution of this league and leading into, uh, as Peter noted early on, bringing in some guys that helped all the boats in the harbor rise in terms of our skill set, that created an ecosystem that would allow this kind of nuanced experimentation of draft dollars to even exist without breaking. You know, we had some regulation in the works. We didn't just go full, uh, you know, economic disaster. The regulatory pieces were, in fact, the, the league manager's skills. Charles is nodding. Agreed. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anytime I, Charles agrees with me, I feel like I've done something really right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the smartest man in the room is nodding. All right. <laughs> I think I think we do have a, a good chemistry in the league. Of we want to play. We want to play the game the right way. We want to have good sportsmanship. Uh, we, but we also want to set the rules such that helps us all to do that and helps us all to have more fun along the way so i think we're might we might be walking the line every now and then but um we do make changes you know we we have like you didn't have to talk about we have changed how keeper values work um you know where it does make things a little bit harder you don't get to keep alvin Kamara for four years at two dollars right uh you know or what whatever you know the case may be um so that has that has basically made it harder to set up your team for continued success because you have such a strong keeper. Like, you know, Charles, you would be happy if you got to keep Justin Jefferson every year for three dollars, right? But you don't get to. And so <laughs> nope. it, it, it makes it harder <laughs> to have sustained success. The auction dollar trading, it makes it harder to have sustained success. Yep. And for the overall health of the league, whether you know, even if some people are feeling the pain, I think it it can be a good thing. Yep. So, but we, but there does still continue to be need to be a spirit of good sportsmanship, playing fair, playing the game the right way, yeah. and we all kind of keep each other honest in a, a free market system, like we talked about uh, last time. Yeah, which to Charles' point, it does imitate the NFL not only in the decision making like managerial process but in the actual rankings and the matchups going on like we see we you should see a revolving door of powerhouse teams in our league we really should that that reflects the NFL and granted you may have a stacked team with contracts that overlap a couple of years you may have you know the Chiefs making the the appearance for a while or whatever it may be, but there should be a revolving door. And I, I feel like we might be on the verge of that based on the makeup of this uh, playoff bracket. I really do. Okay. So Pete, I have a, I have a question for you that Charles and I in, in good faith and integrity cannot answer this stage in, in the playoffs. But you said that, you know, the, the toilet bowl, the, the $20 <laughs> prize package there, and of course, um, recently the the make or break trade 
uh, rush there at the end of the regular season in the trade window have all factored into keeping you interested and, and involved week to week here in the playoffs. Uh, my question for you is this. I would like to know your prediction. Who is going to win the league? Who's going to lose in the final matchup to the winner of the league? And same question for the toilet bowl. Feels like the whole season, it's been the cousins leading the way, Chris and Jared Fleming. So just for the sake of how the season's played out, I would like to see the two of them face off. Now, I, I don't know. Is that possible? I haven't looked at the, the bracket. The bracket, the bracket like... shape up. Is there a bracket in Sleeper? Yeah, you got to another... go to week 16 under league and then hit the bracket button in the standings. Uh, okay, a little button there. Okay. Yep. So, all right. So, yes, that, that does set up to where that can happen. So, um, you know, no offense to uh, either of you, sure. but I, I, w- I would like to see Jared Fleming against Chris Winter in the championship just because that's not how the season has, has worked out. Then, and who wins in the, that matchup? I would probably give it to Jared Fleming. Just as I, I, he he has had uh, you know a deep and strong mm-hmm. team all you know all throughout the season. So, yeah. um, but you know I haven't looked at the matchups, um, and and so that could definitely fluctuate. But just how the season's yeah. gone, that's what it's I, fair to say I that losing is a fluke for Jared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it has been this year. So, um, and you know right now he's projected to have the highest score this week. So um, even <laughs> even on his on his bike. Um, all right, and then uh, the winner of the consolation bracket, um, you know, right now, uh, the highest projected score from this week is Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, close, close behind him would be Scott. So, um, I, you know, I think it'd be, it would mean I would lose this week, which puts me in danger of last place. Uh, but I would love to see Scott go on and win in the toilet bowl. Um, just because uh, I, I really enjoy Scott's participation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's uh, netted a, a win here um, in the past couple of years. So that'd be great to see Scott go on to win. Uh, probably the favorite would be Derek, though, um, with uh, the way his team is stacked up with uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. That could um, definitely make him a strong playoff team uh, in the constellation bracket. And nice. then uh, last place, last place team. Uh, I mean, it sure looks like Brock has the, the favorite, you know, the pole <laughs> position for being the last place team, but um, he's he's been better in recent weeks. You know, he Brock had three weeks where he scored fewer than 70 points mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, in the past four weeks, he's averaged more like 116. So um, he's, been, he's been better recently. And uh, so he, he may pull out a victory at some point and avoid being the last place team, but we shall see. Yep. Now clarify for us, because remember we had a, a bit of a call it a panic. I had a bit of a, a moment where mm-hmm. it was after I had filmed <laughs> the workout that I saw that my record from last year didn't put me in last place. So clarify the, and it was just a, a bracketeering issue and it wasn't a, a, a scandal. Uh, but cl- clarify for us, how do you get last place in our league, Kamish? 
it is the week 16 matchup is that when the 11th place game is. And so the winner of the, the week 16, 11th place matchup, it is 11th place. The loser is the last place team of the season. So that's how we decided to do it. So that's how sleeper does the, the bracket. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, there'll be two teams that won't, uh, won't play all the way until week 17. And uh, so the loser of, Myself and Scott versus the loser of Brock and Brian this week. Uh, whoever goes on to lose next week will be the last place team. Well, there you have it. Now, Pete, can I ask you, how do you feel about the fact that you have a scenario where that is you? Uh, I, I hope I'm, I just hope I'm good enough to not be the last place team. Right. But, but if, if that's what I get, then uh, I will accept it. I will uh, put my all into my punishment and uh, hope it leads to additional motivation for next season. Well, I'm here to tell you it does. <laughs> well, good. Well, uh, Pete. $20 got you there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. I think I'm, I'm in the hole so deep in fantasy football that. <laughs> oh man I, I, I tell myself I'm, I'm break even I, yeah. over, over the years it's break even yeah. and uh, what I have got out of it is countless hours of entertainment oh, value. can't put a price tag on community can't, can't put a price tag on them <laughs> friendships well I appreciate both of your friendships and your time today Charles thanks for braving the fantasy gods and uh, for being online with us, Pete, thanks for your humility this year, as well as your uh, continued investment and involvement and uh, efforts to make the game great. Uh, looking forward to a great, great playoff bracket. And congrats to all of our uh, playoff seats. We are excited to see what could potentially happen. Good luck to all of you here in the greatest fantasy football league in the world. He's Peter Elwood. That's Charles Gaines. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Good night.